You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Music? I got that from my wife who watches that British baking show. She's like, bake? <laughs> oh, okay. Know, you know, so I'm like, music? I was wondering where yeah. that came from. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I'd try it. I haven't actually seen the show. <laughs> I'm your host, Brent Simmons. In the studio with me today is Mark Bosco. Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. Very nicely done. <laughs> so you work at Omni as a video producer. That's right. Um, that's cool, and it, it reminds me right away that I'm so glad this is an audio-only podcast and not video, <laughs> because I have a voice for print and a face for not even print. You don't want a picture. And a face for audio, yeah. And then you'd have so, to get out of your pajamas. So. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so so as video producer, we have a lot of what marketing stuff, tutorials, screencasts. What all? What all do you make? Yeah, that's it. Kind of runs the gamut through all of that stuff. Um, very, <laughs> our our design team is pretty small to begin with, and the marketing is a pretty small part of that. And video is pretty much just me and whoever I can grab <laughs> occasionally to. Uh, help me out or appear on camera, that sort of thing. So there's a, there's a lot that I cover, um, all of that stuff, you know, the t- doing tutorials and doing uh, the, you know, little marketing videos that we do when a new video comes out, uh, a new piece of software comes out with, uh, you know, here's the new features and here's some people using it and here's what it can do for you kind of stuff. Cool. I, I liked your slip of the tongue about a new video coming out because to you <laughs> it's a new video too. that's right and software just kind of accompanies it's, it's just an yeah. excuse for a new video <laughs> uh, that, that, uh, that's pretty cool yeah um we have like done in the past uh these like um customer story videos um where we've done like you know three or five minute kind of mini documentary about people who are using our software in interesting ways and that's uh, we haven't done one recently, but I would love to do more. Well, can people so, hit you up on Twitter for that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, or, and you are Bob Tiki, B-O-B-T-I-K-I. That's right. Which, uh, or I'm on our Slack channel as well. So. Sure. Well, I'll make sure that all that's in the show notes so you know how to find Mark. <laughs> Same as not Bob, it's Mark. Yeah. yeah. It's not using... Mark Tiki, it's Bob Tiki. <laughs> Why is it Bob Tiki? Because uh, actually it was uh, the um, computer science class that I took in high school we were uh, we were doing basic on like some old Unix VAC system or something mm. but anyway one day the teacher just completely forgot my name and called me Bob and <laughs> for some reason it stuck it doesn't <laughs> I still have friends from high school that call me Bob and wow. now they've like introduced me to other people's Bob so there's this like whole split in <laughs> my friend groups <laughs> like one uh, the whole group of people just calls me Bob and like I don't know why it oh, just okay. happened. <laughs> I think I've actually accidentally done it, and and you didn't even notice. No, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll answer to either. Yeah. So we'd like to do more customer stories. That that's a cool thing. And in yeah. the show notes, I'll link to some of these videos because some of them are just I love them. They're so fun. I, I especially enjoy um during our weekly company meeting when you have a video to show off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it usually has people like 
rolling in the floor. So, I mean, <laughs> it's really a lot of fun. Yeah, we did a fun set last year that was all uh, videos uh, for OmniPlan, but just kind of the basics of like how project planning works. And we did like a little animated mm-hmm. series with a kind of like a James Bond villain type <laughs> trying to take over the yeah, world. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not going quite well, but you know, it, it kind <laughs> of uh, you know showed you how to recover from things going wrong in your project and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> reset your timeline. And that's why all the real Bond villains lost because they didn't have Omni. That's plan. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They would have been able to adapt. <laughs> Dummies. <laughs> so tell us about your, your setup, the software and equipment. I'm sure there are other video nerds out in the listening audience oh, sure. who'd love to know, what do you, a big-time <laughs> professional video dude, mm-hmm. um, what do you got? What do you run? Well, like, in my previous work, uh, I was using the older versions of Final Cut for a long time. Uh, moved to the newer versions, and it just didn't quite fit with how my workflow worked. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with the software itself. It's just, it was a very different new way of working. Um, so we've mostly switched over to Premiere and um, it has good integration with After Effects and, you know, the audition for doing audio stuff like we're recording it right now. And um, so mostly the Adobe suite of stuff is what we use day to day and do you have favorite brands of equipment, like for Microsoft or – I'm sorry, for Microsoft, <laughs> not Microsoft. Clearly not Microsoft. Uh, um, um, I mean, for like just, you know, video recording stuff? Yeah, or? like are there – I mean, I, I know nothing about this world. So I'm like, is there like – this is the great camera or this oh, is yeah. the great microphone or, um, or we, uh, kind of We thing. wanted to adopt uh, 4K um, – pretty early even though we're not delivering in 4k we wanted to like you know this will give us you know uh, more future proofness for some of the stuff that we're doing and uh you know will give us more options in post so you can like you know even if you're delivering in high def and not 4k you can kind of like you know zoom in and pan around the frame and Mm. use different parts of it so we uh we got one of the uh canon c-series cameras that does uh, 4k and oh cool i i really like those um uh, we had a um one of the you know regular dslrs before and that's those are great for photography i find them a little clumsy to use for video just because mm. it's you have to dig into the menus a lot more instead of having like a physical button on the device that does oh, the thing okay. you need to do right now <laughs> right yeah um like weight balancing and stuff um mm. It can be a little more difficult than it needs to be on the DSLRs. So try to get something that's actually more video focused. Hmm. That makes but, sense. Yeah, that's cool. How do you do animation? So I've seen some some of these movies have animation, and this just boggles my mind entirely. I, you know, I'm as close to a pure <laughs> text guy as any computer nerd. I, mean, uh-huh. I know text and databases, and that's about it. So how do you? draw these images and make i mean is it like the old days you go frame by frame or uh well no it's not we're not doing like you know really hand-drawn animation here most of what sure. we're doing is stuff in after effects where it's you know you have an asset or multiple assets that somebody drew sometimes me sometimes one of our other designers and um then you're you as can essentially keyframe its position over time so you know you can maybe make so it, it move. and it smooths somehow. Yeah, it'll it'll take care of the. Well, it's called tweening, 
Okay. It's that's short for in between frames, mm-hmm. it, all the frames that are in between each keyframe. So, you know, it's it's on the upper left corner here and the lower right corner here, and then it figures out, okay, well, it's 20 frames between here and there, and we'll just, okay. you know, fill in the intermediate stuff. And you can give it a, a rate and maybe a curve and yeah. just various kind of properties. Yeah, exactly. Stuff, you can have say. that kind of ease in, ease out kind mm-hmm. of curve. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, parenting stuff to other elements so they move mm. together and you know you make like a little machine sort of yeah or the, the little humans that we did you know you parent the arm to the body at the shoulder so that <laughs> it moves in a way that looks something like <laughs> yeah. an actual human <laughs> yeah i was i was awfully impressed by that by, by the animations <laughs> i remember <laughs> around the time i asked how did you how did you do that and your answer was Oh, we just animated them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a it's a pretty big subject, so it's it's hard to explain it in two minutes. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Well, look at that gives that gives me some yeah. some idea. It's just work. It's just more software. It's just drawing. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll never make a movie, but before you came to Omni, mm-hmm. you were into movies, special effects, everything from. Very young age. Oh, yeah. uh, you mentioned um, uh, when we were talking earlier about a particular TV show that got you into special effects. Oh, yeah. And when I was like five years old, there was a, a TV special called SPFX, The Empire Strikes Back. And it was all like hosted by Mark Hamill. And, uh, you know, kind of, of course, it had, you know, little bits of behind the scenes from The Empire Strikes Back, but it also had just kind of like, a general history of, you know, visual effects and special effects, uh, mm. you know, from the very beginning, the early, you know, Melier, you know, trip to the moon kind of stuff. Is that the one where the, where the rocket ship hits the moon in the, in the eyeball? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, it like even included like, oh, how, how blue screen works. And, and there was some, you mm. know, kids making their own eight millimeter movies. And there was some of those interspersed throughout the show. And it was just like this really cool Thing that was, uh, I think, kind of the first time I realized, oh, people actually make this. This is a thing you could do. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, ever since then, I've just kind of been obsessed with the whole, you know, visual effects and special uh, effects thing. Turns out, Empire Strikes Back was not a documentary. No, they didn't just have some camcorders and set them up and shoot. <laughs> no, yeah, I like especially when they cut behind the scenes and it's like, you know, when Darth Vader is. You know, force throwing all of these things at uh, Luke Skywalker. You know, and they kept the behind the scenes, and it's like stagehands throwing these big oh, right, foam things course. at Mark Hamill. It's like, yeah. oh, that's how that's done. Uh-huh. So, at some point, you grew up enough to go to college, and sound like that was fairly boring. So, let's skip ahead to the <laughs> NIH. You worked at the National Institute of Health mm-hmm. as a video guy, yeah, for six years because. Vast government bureaucracies need video. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they got to, there's, you know, PR pushes like, you know, don't, don't let your baby sleep on its stomach. So to reduce the, the rate of SIDS and hmm. stuff like that. Um, but, you know. Anything about cats? Don't let cats sleep on your baby? <laughs> no. I've heard that. <laughs> but I, I do know someone that's like one of their deathly fears is hmm. a cat suffocating them in their sleep. Oh, God. Thankfully not. It doesn't seem too much of a public health hazard. Uh, but uh, we would do stuff, you know, stuff that the public would see like that or stuff that, you know, uh, a researcher needed to have videos of his mice to take to, uh, you know, some sort of presentation that he was doing. And 
it's kind of ran the gamut, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Not videos for his mice. Not like that. No, not what usually. Was that? Scro- Scrooged? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. The Bill Mar- Murray movie where, <laughs> where the, that was the next frontier was TV shows for animals. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's not what you were doing. No, no, no. no. That's pretty cool. And this was already digital video by this time, was it? Or yeah, was it? it was like a um, something I had played with in college. That was it was like a radius video vision system. That was you know one of the early uh, ways of digitizing video into a computer, and they hmm. happened to have that, and that's how I got in over there. And I think eventually we switched to a Media One Hundred system, which was. Okay. Uh, an early like avid competitor avid i've heard of yeah, yeah. okay um but they had you know you would get like a power mac 9600 and jam three or four processing cards into it and mm-hmm. <laughs> so it would have enough power to deal with all this video stuff yeah yeah i'm imagining then compared to today it was probably fairly tedious yeah to, yeah yeah we had one gigabyte drives oh my goodness it was <laughs> wow that's like a single frame, practically, <laughs> 4K. Jeez. Well, maybe not that bad. <laughs> so after the NIH, you moved on to um, to building video systems for clients. Yeah, I was looking, working for a local Mac reseller for a couple of years. and you know, Back when was, we had those things. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe they still exist. Uh, it was like Mac Business Solutions. And okay. Gaithersburg, Maryland. Gaithersburg. Yeah. But yeah, that was basically, you know, making building systems for his clients, you know, building out a few different edit suites and hmm. little video systems, people editing their own stuff. So that's pretty cool. That was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got, I got to go to Boston uh, for Apple training on Final Cut Server, oh. which was a thing that existed for maybe two years. Like some kind of collaboration server? Yeah. Yeah. You were supposed to like, um, so, you know, you could load all of your video onto the server and then it would like process and give you low res proxies to work with. And Hmm. you could, you know, build little uh, playlists and things on the server for, you know, like producers can piece things together and then send it to the editor. And it was an interesting system Mm -hmm. that I think they kind of bought from someone else and then just it didn't go over so well i, I don't yeah. i'm not sure what happened to it <laughs> yeah not every acquisition works out in the end yeah so from there you went on to doing freelancing and this is where things get fun i think mm-hmm. you're working on stuff like history channel and yeah what all else i worked for a bunch of uh production companies around dc there's a lot of like non-fiction production there um so yeah we did a lot of work for uh, History Channel, A&E, Discovery, National Geographic, uh, their headquarters are in D.C. So, okay. yeah, there was a lot of a lot of bouncing around to different work there, but it was always interesting work. I, I love I, I love that stuff. I love the the especially, you know, the well done, actual good mm-hmm. historical documentation and so on. Yeah. But I also have a major soft spot for all of that, like stupid ancient aliens stuff (laughs) just man i'm sure i worked on one or two of those (laughs) kind of things they're so great yeah the narrator's voice you know there's that one that one voice Mm -hmm. it's just like it's perfect (laughs) and every sentence is you know researchers suggest it might have been and 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> Got a very well, sure. Yeah. Some really hard couching of <laughs> yeah, of, <laughs> what, of everything. What might or not, might not be true. And there's that one guy with the hair that I absolutely love. I his name. <laughs> the meme guy. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I worked on one show that had him in it. I can't remember which one it was, but interesting dude, yeah. <laughs> and eventually you were an extra in one of these. Oh yeah, we were working on um Digging for the Truth that ran on the History Channel for two or three years, I think. Um, I went down to uh, North Carolina to just go for a vacation uh, with the family. But during that time, they were also shooting uh, some recreations for the Roanoke uh, colony. Like, mm. What happened to them? Where did they go? Well, researchers suggest it could have been ancient aliens. <laughs> yeah. Well, not really ancient, I suppose, but... Um, so I got like one afternoon to go down there and, and sit in and, uh, be part of a recreation where they're, you know, kind of showing the camp where everybody was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, man stirring pot. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So So you're one of the missing colonists. Oh yeah. Fictionally Mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's great. And there's kind of a sad story. We won't tell the, won't tell the man's name. Let's call him famous star from the (laughs) eighties. Yeah. But you got to work with, which was cool and he was super nice, but... Um, yeah, I... Well, I can say the name of the actor, but I will, I will right, <laughs> redact right. everything else okay, <laughs> to protect the innocent. Uh, so, yeah, MacGyver, Richard Dean Anderson, um, we were, he was going to be hosting this show, something about, you know, gadgets, something very apropos to, to MacGyver kind of stuff. And uh, we shot... I think it was you know three days or four days with him uh, on green screen. We we're gonna like, we were compositing him into this virtual set, and he was gonna host this whole show about you know these amazing gadgets through the years. And uh, I think we had gotten uh, like three quarters of the way done with all of that stuff. You know, spent all this time and money on on getting this all the stuff composited, and uh, someone at the network uh, I won't say which network. All right, <laughs> so all right. it was. Uh, it's like, oh, I think you know, maybe this character, uh, you know, he's too old, and we want to, we want to get our younger viewers into it. So, like, we ripped him completely out of uh, this show, and he got replaced by, you know, like, giant <laughs> virtual numbers counting down the uh, these gadgets instead of. It's so wrong. He didn't even get to narrate it, you know, oh, just audio. <laughs> when you have Richard Dean Anderson. <laughs> You just count your lucky stars, I, I think, and, and you stick with it. I was very sad. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, Stupid I, network. I only got to say hi over Skype once, but he was, he was Still, a very nice fellow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it was very rare for me to interact with anybody like that because, you know, I was always holed away in the edit suite and sure. <laughs> not out on location with right, all, all these right. fabulous stars. Yes, for we are nerds. We are the people <laughs> in the back room. That's right. I, I like to point out that if you, if you watch Star Wars and, and you're a nerd, what character are you actually in the movie? And the answer to that question is, you're the guy who wrote the targeting computer that Luke switches off. <laughs> yep. That's your character. Yep. So after a while, enough of this. You're out one night, NS Coder night, mm-hmm. DC. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe, you know, you've had enough of freelance life for ancient astronauts. Mm-hmm. You're talking to your friend Jose, and what yeah. happens? Uh, well, yeah, actually, uh, Jose Vasquez uh, and I were, well, 
I will say he's the founder, but I'm definitely one of the oldest members of uh, NS Coder Night DC. Um, we were good friends, uh, but he he pointed out, oh, Omni has this uh, job listing for video producer, and and I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know if I you know I don't want to I don't know if I want to live in Seattle. I would have to move. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know I kind of like. I kind of like being freelance to some degree because, you know, it's nice to work on different projects all the time, but mm-hmm. also, you know, it would be nice to be paid on a regular basis. So <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe that would be interesting. Healthcare is kind of <laughs> nice too. Oh, yeah. yeah so is the food. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I applied and I eventually, like, you know, flew me out here for some interviews and I, you know, really love the people that I ended up working with. So it's, yeah turned out to be That's a great cool. thing how long have you been here uh a little over four years now four years yeah. all right it's been just over three for me so yeah yeah okay that is cool yeah it's, it's just gone by in a blink yeah 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 no doubt so when you're not here uh in the office doing amazing work for omni you are doing a podcast called the the optical yeah, it's well, it's been on a little of a hiatus for a while. Mm. Um, but I will get back to it. <laughs> it's um basically uh kind of revisiting the history of, you know, visual effects and film technology. Um originally how I got into it was I had over the years kind of um there's a magazine called Cinefx which is kind of all about that behind the scenes visual effects and Cinema special effects, effects. Yeah, okay. yeah um and you know makeups and weird creature puppets and all that kind of stuff and i had over the years like finally gotten all of the back issues like you know even <laughs> trying to look on ebay for some really rare ones oh, wow. that were out of print and and uh So I was like, you know, it would be just a cool personal project to just finally go back and read through all of them because there's, you know, some articles here and there that I'd skipped because, well, I haven't seen that movie yet, so I don't want to read the article and spoil it for myself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So so I thought I'd do that. And then, well, okay, why not make this a little bit bigger thing and turn it into a podcast and actually, like, you know, talk to some of the folks at Cinefix and uh, they were pretty supportive of it as well. And they were like, you know, let me give mm-hmm. away a subscription to the magazine, you know, in every podcast and that kind of thing. Yeah, so wow, that's cool. It's yeah, it's been really fun. You've had some big names: uh, Douglas Trumbull. Um, oh who yeah, else? Uh, uh, Harrison Ellishaw and uh, um, Howie Weed, um, which I might not be common household names, but they're you know pretty pretty amazing characters in mm-hmm. the uh, visual effects realm. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been fun to talk to those guys and you know hear straight from them what you know how things went down and how they got into the business and oh, that's great yeah this stuff should get documented after all so yeah thanks for doing doing some of that work <laughs> it's cool i mean yeah, i think i feel like you know i'm in a pretty big pool as far as you know people who cover that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. i mean there's a lot of stuff that's already documented and you know you get the bonus features on dvds and stuff oh, sure. and that covers right. a lot and but i try to tease out some of the less told stories and you know mm. people who haven't you know aren't quite as in the public eye as you know some of the folks that ILM often are and oh sure right. that kind of thing yeah that makes sense but you know yeah it was like you know, for instance talking to Douglas Tremble I mean he worked on 2001 and Star Trek the motion picture and all this crazy stuff but he also did his own film uh 
I think it's called Mindstorm. I'm having a little brain freeze right now. We'll find it and put it in the show notes, <laughs> along with a link to The Optical. So, yeah. uh, listeners, you can go listen to all the back episodes of The Optical. Yeah. You won't be disappointed. Thank you. So, Bob Tiki. Tiki. <laughs> yeah. Where did this Tiki thing come from? Now, I've been to your basement, Kilauea Cove. Did I pronounce mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Which is... Um, it's a tiki bar with like a working actual volcano. No, a real volcano, people. Um, pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Anyway, that, how, how'd you get into this, and and how does your volcano work? <laughs> it's it's hard to say. Kind of, I, I had actually been thinking about that recently. I was like, how did I get into this in the first place? And and I think I had a couple of uh, friends, you know, at the same time who were a little bit into it that I was talking to, and there was also this. One of the first little, you know, web video series, you know, um, they were doing little short um, episodes of it was kind of like a little comedy sketch, you know, with these characters that they had made. Um, and then at the end, they would have, uh, you know, a recipe for a cocktail that was called uh, Tiki Bar TV. Tiki Bar TV. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure I think it's Tiki Bar TV and all the episodes are still up. But Oh, cool. Um and it was, and it was just kind of goofy, you know. People, you know, were just having fun in their spare time mm-hmm. building this. But it kind of got me intrigued, just like, oh, maybe I should learn more about, you know, what is this, this tiki thing? And turns out rum drinks are good. Well, yes, yeah, also that that, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> but just diving into the history of it is just uh-huh. kind of fascinating. This, you know, you look at Disneyland and the way they build, you know, themed attractions, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of immersive experience well it's the, the same thing but in a restaurant it's kind of this you know escapism you know you're on a oh sure a quiet right. island and just you know having a great time with mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that with the outside world cut out for a couple of hours yeah eventually went to visit uh my folks uh who live in florida but we kind of turned it into a larger vacation and you know went around to fort lauderdale and and the keys and my parents live near tampa so um but in fort lauderdale there's this amazing place called the maikai that's still uh you know been there since i think it's the early 60s uh but still this giant uh, you know, restaurant that's kind of built around this kind of themed experience. Cool. They, they have like a whole floor show with, you know, different native dances from these islands. And oh, wow. Just, good. They're going all out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's, it's a crazy yeah. place and it's still there and still going. So, mm-hmm. you know, go visit sometime. Yeah. That sounds like fun. <laughs> it's amazing that this place still exists. <laughs> so your basement was featured in Kritiki. Yeah. Which is a website about tiki bars? Yeah. Um, Humo Humo, uh, <laughs> she uh, runs that and a couple other like tiki related uh, websites. Um, and she's like big into the history of it. Um, but Critiki in specific is kind of um, trying to catalog and kind of celebrate all of these tiki bars that have existed over time whether they're actually still open now or whether it's a historical site but mm-hmm. you know putting information about it and photos and if it's a current place then you know people can kind of rate it and oh, it's cool. like is it really tiki or is it just like a beach bar that has you know weird pink drinks yeah, <laughs> that right. calls itself a tiki, tiki. yeah, yeah. Right, right. um 
but the yeah in the news section the uh she featured the volcano in my basement <laughs> at cool. one point That's, well that i think uh, the nerd section of our audience may be curious how does your volcano work <laughs> well it's all uh raspberry pi based of course it is yeah, yeah. um so got that and a bunch of, you know, LEDs uh, from uh, Adafruit um, that are lighting up the shelves with the tea mugs. And, you know, and mm. there's a volcano on the top shelf that uh, we've got a little smoke generator inside it. And <laughs> and there's a, you know, sound that goes along with it and everything. So kind of a whole little mini Disney themed experience. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm still amazing. working on it. There's more things I want to add with uh yeah, I want to do kind of like they do at uh, Trader Sam's, and I have like a, a tiny little projector, so you can kind of like front project, uh, you know, lava or something flowing down the face of the mug or awesome. things like that. I haven't uh, gotten to that yet. But all right, yeah, maybe next year. Maybe yeah, for the next party. <laughs> That's cool. Well, thank you, Mark. I would ask how people can find you on the web because the script says to ask that right now, but we've already covered that. <laughs> yep. you're Bob Tiki on That's Twitter. Right. And I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Bob Tiki. Say hello, Bob Tiki. Hello, Bob Tiki. <laughs> and especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Music? Music?